You're listening to The River Walk, the preaching ministry of Beth River Baptist Church in Winsboro, Louisiana. Today's message is about brother against brother. When we don't choose our battles wisely, it ends in disaster. Thanks for listening, and I hope you enjoy. Last week, we looked at the very end of the Bible. This week, we're going to look at the very beginning of your Bible in Genesis chapter 4. Genesis chapter 4. I've been praying really hard for a message for the times we're living in. It's interesting times we're living in, isn't it? It's just so different than anything that I've ever seen. And even talking to some of you that are much older than me, it seems different than anything you've ever seen. For the first time since all this corona stuff began, uh, I've gotten out and I've visited some in the community the last two weeks. And I've been hesitant to do so because I know the feelings that some have about this virus. Some are scared, some are at higher risk. And being around 20 plus kids on Wednesdays, participating in funerals, shaking hands and hugging, that sort of thing... I'm a little bit worried myself. I could pass it on to somebody at risk without even knowing it. But in the last two weeks, I thought it was time to get out. And I thought I could visit some without touching. And just to see how some are doing, I thought it was time, you know, to do something more besides a phone call. And I can tell you that I'm absolutely astounded. I'm astounded at the difference of opinions out there on such simple things. People that are, are just like me, people that will probably vote the same way I vote, that believe the same way I believe about most things. But on these simple things in 2020, the difference of opinion is are just so astounding. You've got some that, that believe the whole virus is just an absolute hoax, that believe it's no different than the common cold. You've got some that believe it's very real. You've got some that believe it's so real that you're crazy for even getting out of the house. You've got some that believe in the power of a mask. And you've got some that believe it's not necessary, that believe it's just a matter of the government controlling your body and making you a sheep. And, you know, it's, it's among this community, but these kind of disagreements, they even, they even exist among doctors, You've got one doctor that says, hey, you need to wear this mask. Then you have one that says the mask doesn't do any good. Then you have one that said at one point it did no good, and now they say it does go good. So opinions are changing daily. And I thought about that this week. I thought about how opinions are just so different. And I thought about how I really shouldn't be surprised because different people with different backgrounds have different opinions of all sorts of things. And then you bring it into the religious realm, you bring it into a church, like most of you here have grown up in, and you take coronavirus out of it, and think about some of the things you've seen in your lifetime. You've got some who read scripture a certain way, then you've got some who read scripture another way. You have some that believe that we should have church at certain times, and some that don't feel that way. You've got some that believe we should absolutely no way, no how participate in a holiday. And then you've got some that say, hey, this is an opportunity to share Jesus with somebody. You've got some that feel we should only play hymns. Then you've got some that feel we should only play praise music. You've got some that believe only certain instruments belong in a church house. Then you've got some that believe certain instruments have no business inside a church house. It's very interesting how 
Just simple things can cause such division and such disagreement. And I want to tell you this morning that I don't believe that difference of opinions are necessarily a bad thing. But I want to share with you this morning that they can lead to very dangerous battles. And I've seen, I've seen with my own eyes this last week such battles. And I want you to, to leave here today, maybe not changing your opinion about things, but I want you to leave, leave here today knowing in your mind to choose your battles wisely. And part of the reason I want to address this is because I've got two times to address you. Two sermons left before the election comes. Before we get to decide who our next president is going to be. And I believe, I guess it maybe something really strange could happen. It is 2020, but I believe it's either going to be Donald Trump or Joe Biden. But as soon as I say that, you know, one of them could die and then something really weird could happen. Who knows? But that's what I believe is going to happen. And I want to tell you, I'm not worried about the election. I'm not worried about the election, not even the least bit. But what I am worried about, what I am worried about is post-election. What's going to happen if Donald Trump's elected? What's going to happen if Joe Biden's elected? Because what I see happening, no matter what happens, I see a very clear picture of people fighting. I see a very clear picture of even believers fighting amongst one another. I see a very clear picture, just like the Civil War, brother against brother. And I don't want, I don't want Beth River Baptist Church, I don't want my brothers and sisters in Christ to be a part of that. And I've been praying about it, I've been praying about it. How can I address this situation? Is there a place in Scripture where I see something like this happening? And I just keep coming back to the story of Cain and Abel in Genesis chapter 4. Cain and Abel. Now, probably most of you know this story. Most of you know this story. But I'm going to ask you this morning. I'm going to ask you this morning to try and pretend that you have never heard this story. Try and pretend that you've never read the Bible at all. Try to pretend that all you've read is Genesis 1 through 3. Try and pretend that you don't know anything about God and you don't know anything about sacrifice. Try and pretend this is the first time you're ever reading this Bible. And I really believe if you read this account in this situation, you will see some things that you probably never saw before. So I'm going to read Genesis 4. 1 through 7 to begin with. Now you remember, now I can say you've read Genesis 1 through 3. God created man in his image, Adam and Eve. Eve rebelled. She convinces Adam to rebel. And then they have their children, Cain and Abel. And that's where we pick up in Genesis chapter 4. It says, Now Adam knew Eve his wife, and she conceived and bore Cain. And said, I have acquired a man from the Lord. Then she bore again, this time his brother Abel. Now Abel was the keeper of sheep, but Cain was the tiller of the ground. And in the process of time it came to pass that Cain brought an offering of the fruit of the ground to the Lord. Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock of, of their fat. For the Lord respected Abel and his offering, but he did not respect Cain and his offering. And Cain was very angry and his countenance fell. So the Lord said to Cain, Why are you angry? And why is your countenance falling? If you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin lies at the door, and its desire is for you, 
but you should rule over it. So, we get the first account of what happens here. First off, I want you to realize, first off, right off the bat, these two knew each other and knew each other well. Cain was the older brother. Abel was his younger son, or his younger brother. They, they grew up together. They had different jobs. One worked in the field, one kept the sheep. It does not say, when I read this, that God asked for a sacrifice. You can read on in the Bible where God gives requirements for sacrifices, but God doesn't do this here. These two men, these two brothers, they just give as they feel led to give. And I read this, and, and I get the picture that, that Cain gets angry because of his assumptions. God did not disown Cain because of his offering. I don't read that God was even angry with Cain. He just preferred Abel's sacrifice. He still talked to Cain. He still instructed Cain. He still comforted Cain. But Cain was so doggone angry. And the only reason that I can see from reading this that he was angry has to be from his assumptions. Listen, I want to tell you today, church, that sometimes our assumptions get the best of us. And I want to tell you to be very careful about your assumptions. Assumptions can enter your marriage. Assumptions can enter your friendships. Assumptions can come in the church and have its effect among church members. There's some of us... I mean, I have to watch this as a pastor. Some of us, we get the assumption that some people are not coming just because they don't want to be here. When the truth of the matter is, they're scared to get out of the house. Sometimes we read a Facebook post and we get an assumption that, hey, that's about us and we get angry. And I think you get a picture of Cain here and he's making an assumption about God. That, hey, because God didn't accept my sacrifice, God must not like me. Or maybe God prefers Abel more. And we get that impression in our churches a lot of times. We look at somebody else that seems more blessed than us. And we get the idea that somehow, well, I don't know where the idea even comes from except our own humanity, that maybe God loves that other person more. Why would God bless that person more than me? So beware, church. Beware of the assumptions you make. After this election is over... It will be very tempting if the election doesn't go your way after months of praying and fasting and just hoping that your candidate will win if that candidate does not win. It will be very easy to assume that, hey, well, God's done with America. It will be very easy to assume that, that hey, God doesn't, God's going to doom America. But that's a dangerous assumption, folks, because let me tell you, God's not done with America until he's done with America. And let me tell you this, God is in control of who's in control. Vote as you feel led, but know at the end of the day, whoever ends up in office is going to be there because God wants him there or her there. Our trust should be in the Lord and not anybody else. Be careful about your assumptions. So that's the first thing I want you to know is assumptions can be dangerous. But what happens with him and his assumptions, Cain and his assumptions? His humanity just got the best of him. Cain looks and he sees what's going on. And, and like I said, this is the first sacrifice that ever happens in the Bible. It's not a sacrifice for sin. At least I don't read it that way. They weren't told to sacrifice their firstborn. Maybe this is what God was doing. Maybe God was showing that to sacrifice for sin, he needed the firstborn like Jesus. We don't know. 
But what I do know is that Cain's humanity got the best of him. He didn't care about what God was doing. He didn't care about Abel. He should have been happy for Abel. He should have been happy that he gets a picture of God walking with him and talking with him. But instead, his humanity gets the best of him. You see that jealousy leads to anger. And anger leads to his countenance falling. And ultimately, it leads to murder. And quite frankly... Quite frankly, I'm just going to say it quite frankly, what a stupid, stupid decision. I mean, he's got the very Lord God walking with him and talking with him. And, and God warns him. And he just makes the decision to go out. And we're going to read about that in a second. But he picks a battle over something so silly. He gets a picture of what the Lord wants. And he should have followed Abel's example and say, Okay, if this is what the Lord wants, then I'm going to give the Lord what he wants. Instead, he picks a dumb battle and he does the exact opposite. Third thing I learned from this story is that in time the truth comes out. Everybody can't be right. Some are, are wrong. Don't let your jealousy or anger lead to a dumb decision. In time, as time goes on, one day we will learn if the mask was a good idea or a bad idea. We will learn if the coronavirus was real or if it was a hoax. We will learn if we were right to quarantine or not. In time, the truth will come out. But I just want to tell you, everybody can't be right. Don't let your jealousy or anger lead to a dumb decision. So what? So what if God preferred Abel's sacrifice? He still had a relationship with God. So what if somebody wants to wear a mask and somebody else doesn't want to wear a mask? So what in the church if somebody prefers this kind of music or that kind of music? So what if somebody wants to participate in this holiday or not participate in this holiday? So what if somebody's scared of a virus? And so what if somebody interprets a certain passage of Scripture different than you? Some battles are just not worth fighting. It's just not worth fighting. And, and you know, you know if you're a child of God, if you have God's Holy Spirit in you, you know if it's a battle worth fighting or not. And God said as much. And this, if, if I could get you to look at one Scripture this morning and take it with you, I would really like you to remember Verse 7, Genesis 4, verse 7. God asked Cain, why are you angry? Why is your countenance following, fallen? And then he says just a very simple statement. He says, if you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin lies at the door, and its desire for you, but you should rule over it. God gives Cain a warning we always talk, we always talk about Jesus standing at the door and knocking, don't we? We read that scripture in Revelation and we act like that's the only person knocking. But there is sin that knocks at your door all the time too. And before Cain made the decision to answer that door, God warned him about that. And I'm warning you about that this morning too. You may be 100% right about your position on a certain issue. But beware... Beware, a little thing like jealousy, a little thing like anger leads to sin knocking at the door. And its desire is for you. Its desire is for you to just come into your life and ruin your life. Let me give you an example. Even though I'm a pastor, even though I love the Lord Jesus with all my heart, you get into an argument with somebody, it just that knock is right there. It's tempting to pop off at someone. It's tempting to throw scripture in their face. It's tempting to tell them, what are you thinking? There's no way Jesus would do that or Jesus would do that. It's tempting to yell. 
hey, it's tempting to curse. And hey, can I just be honest? As a man, sometimes it's tempting to just flat out punch someone in the face. I mean, amen, guys, isn't it? Is it just me? It's tempting. Cain dealt with that temptation, and the Lord knows we deal with these temptations. That's why he put it in here. He said, sin lies at the door, but you should rule over it. It's there. You should rule over it. Beware, it's there. It's knocking at the door. It's tempting to make that hateful Facebook post. It's tempting to gossip behind somebody's back. It's tempting to do so many things, but I just want to remind you by looking at this story that one sin leads to another sin. And it just gets worse, and it gets worse, and it gets worse. I want you to know, and I, I sat in the Sunday school class this morning, and I really honestly believe that. Look at the Ten Commandments. And I really believe that even the most holy person in the world is one circumstance away from breaking any of the Ten Commandments. Even murder. Brother Kevin, there's, there's no way that I would murder somebody. Well... I bet you you'd be really close if you saw somebody hitting your wife or hitting your child. If you saw somebody abusing a friend, if you saw somebody you know, doing something really evil, you're one circumstance away from it. I don't believe Cain thought he would have ever murdered Abel. But he just made this assumption. Let me get Abel out the way. Let me get him out of the way. And then God will accept me. What a dumb, dumb thing. But he did it anyway. Now let's read the rest of the story. God says, hey, sin's going to knock at your door, but you should rule over it. He says, hey, Cain, I'm still with you. I'm still walking with you. And look, even though I accepted Abel's sacrifice, I'm not done with you. And in verse 8, it says, now Cain talked with Abel, his brother. And it came to pass when they were in the field that Cain rose up against Abel, his brother, and killed him. And the Lord said to Cain, where is Abel, your brother? He said, I do not know. Am I my brother's keeper? And he said, what have you done? The voice of your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground. So now you are cursed from the earth, which has opened its mouth to receive your brother's blood from your hand. When you till the ground, it shall no longer yield its strength to you. A fugitive and a vagabond you shall be on the earth. And Cain said to the Lord, my punishment is greater than I can bear. Surely you have driven me out this day from the face of the ground. I shall be hidden from your face. I shall be a fugitive and a vagabond. On the earth, and it will happen that anyone who finds me will kill me. And the Lord said to him, Therefore, whoever kills Cain, vengeance shall be taken on him sevenfold. And the Lord set a mark on Cain, lest anyone finding him should kill him. Cain regretted that decision. He made that decision, and it didn't take long for him to say, Lord, this is more than I can bear. He didn't say, I, I didn't deserve it. He just regretted the decision immediately. And I want to just take this opportunity to tell you this morning, once some things are done, you can't bring it back. Once Cain let his sin take over, once his brother was dead, there was no going back. Cain will forever and always be remembered as the first murderer in the Holy Bible. We won't remember Cain for, from learning for his brother. We won't remember Cain for being Eve's oldest son, we're going to remember Cain for being the first murderer in the Bible. So we got to choose our battles wisely. Once you choose someone else, once you get in that fist fight, once you gossip behind somebody's back, once you make that hateful social media post, once you send that cruel text message, 
Once you leave that, that horrible voicemail, once you say something to your child, I, I'm telling you, your child remembers more than you'll think. Once you've done that, you can never, ever, ever take it back. And it could be, this could be a battle in your marriage. This could be a battle in your friendships. This could be a battle at work. This could be a battle at church. This could be a battle amongst friends. It could be any kind of battle you can think about. So just beware, church. Just beware. You reap what you sow, so choose your battles wisely. Choose your battles wisely. So let me make my sixth and final point. All that, all that said, all that said, choose your battles wisely. Don't make assumptions, but let me say this. Some things are worth fighting for. Some things are worth fighting for. There was a fight here that Cain should have took up. There was a fight here that, that Cain should have fought against. And that's the fight against sin. Jesus is worth fighting for. Your flesh is worth fighting for. Listen, it is a fight. When sin knocks at the door, you have got to make the decision to fight it off. You've got to make the decision to say, no, I'm not going to do that. No, I'm not going to participate in that because I know that I know that I know that it leads to destruction. Fight the sin off. Hey, it's scary to come forward at the end of the service, but I'm going to leave the sin behind and I'm going to come forward. Hey, it's scary to think about giving my life to Jesus, but I'm going to fight it off and give my life to Jesus. Jesus is worth fighting for. Stand up for Jesus. That means loving your neighbor even if you know they're wrong. It means speaking up for the voiceless. It means standing up for the Bible. It means loving the unlovable. Choose your battles. Man, that's a battle worth fighting. If you want to fight a battle, fight for Jesus. Fight the sin that's trying to get in your life. Fight the sin that's trying to, to get in your marriage. Fight the sin that's trying to get in your relationships. Fight the sin that's trying to take over your children's life. So tell your children, hey, I know everybody else has this account or they're watching this on Netflix, but I'm not going to let you watch that because I'm the dad and I don't want sin to reign over you. And children, let, let me just tell you, children, if you've given your heart to Jesus too, guess what? You've given your heart to Jesus, you are saved, and not only are you a child of God, you are now a warrior of God. Stand up for Jesus. Stand up for Jesus and say, Mom, Dad, we shouldn't be watching that. Stand up for Jesus and say, Mom, Dad, we should be in church this morning. Don't you know that, that Jesus loves you and Jesus loves me? Why don't we want to go worship Jesus? Stand up for Jesus, even from the youngest to the oldest. That's a battle worth fighting for. And remember, remember, there's two Things knocking at the door. Sin is knocking at the door. And Jesus knocks at the door too. Have you let him in? Have you let him in? I'll just close before the invitation with a simple statement. And I want you to remember this in the next two weeks. We're called to love our neighbor as ourselves. That's what Jesus said the, the greatest commandment was. Love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and love your neighbor as yourself. That's what he said. Church, I want you to remember as we leave this place, Cain and Abel, they were brothers. Cain and Abel were probably friends. Cain and Abel were countrymen. 
But they, they didn't have that love for each other, and it cost Abel his life. I'm not saying that Abel did anything wrong, but, but that it, just, it just did. And I want to leave you with this statement this morning. I can't get it out of my head. No matter what happens in the election, if you can't love your brother, if you can't love your countrymen, you'll never, ever love your neighbor. Thanks for listening to the Riverwalk today. I hope you enjoyed the message. I hope you understood it. I hope you'll apply it to your life. I hope you'll choose your battles wisely. And I hope you'll remember, if you can't love your brother, you'll never love your neighbor. Hope you guys have a great week. And remember, you can always listen to Wednesday Words of Wisdom every Wednesday on our YouTube channel. It's released at 6 a.m. Have a great week.